Today's podcast is brought to you by Audible. Get a free audiobook download and 30-day free trial at audibletrial.com slash bookshow. Then go over to morbidlybeautiful.com as we are now part of the Morbidly Beautiful Podcasting Network. Ladies and gentlemen, we interrupt our program of dance music to bring you a special bulletin. sirens once again that means the disaster continues the spook show summer disaster rolls on and we're celebrating independence day with smoke's choice independence day <laughs> i think i think it's well uh, it, it's, on, it couldn't be more obvious of a choice yeah it's on point it's on point it's perfect though i mean like, if we were ever going to do this movie it was best that we waited until this moment we're doing the summer disaster oh, yeah. series uh you know right here in the middle of the summer it's perfect so it works out Technically, you know, uh, Independence Day is July 4th holiday here in the United States. It's tomorrow if you're listening to it here on Monday the 3rd. but Or even earlier if you're uh, a patron over on patreon.com slash Show. But, uh, yeah, this, this is how we chose to celebrate. And luckily, throughout all the disasters that we've done so far, I mean, we've, we have survived so far a, a fucking kaiju giant-sized monster attack on Tokyo, a meteor hitting the planet, post-apocalyptic wasteland where they have to save the Bible. (laughs) Uh, Nuclear Holocaust. But we've made it here. And throughout all that destruction, we were finally able to search through the rubble and find Willie. He's here. Release me. (laughs) Release me. No, no. We wanted Willie, not not Data from Star Trek The Next Generation. Oh, oh. Yeah. Apologies. Yep. It's good that you finally made it through the through the disaster. Well, you know, I've been uh, uh, working through all of my own disasters, so mm. here I am. Hooray! We got some catching up to do. Now, I know you haven't watched everything that you've missed out on, but you have uh, watched a few things, and we'll talk about that here in just a second. But uh, obviously, if you, if you haven't been clued in just yet, we are the All-American Spook Show Podcast. I'm Josh, and I'm joined here with Donnie. Yo. Will. Really? Okay, sorry. Oh, you already yeah, did yeah. that just a minute ago. And the professor. I thought it was a good bit. Yeah, it was. Smoke. You here? Apparently, he he what? died. Oh, oh there yeah. he is. There he is. Okay. Oof. Thank God. <laughs> I was like, damn it, what? we found oh, we yeah. found Willie in the role. Oh, no, now no. smoke's missing. What the fuck? I'm but yeah, we're we're all here. We're all here to celebrate uh, July Fourth holiday and only the, the or at least the best way we know how. But like I said, before we get into that, we'll, we'll take a trip down memory lane here to some of the flicks that. Will missed out on because he, he's he's missed some time, a lot of time here lately. So we'll go back to some of the flicks that you did get a chance to see. And we'll start with episode 150, the Texas Chainsaw Massacre, the classic Toby Hooper flick from 1974. And you said this was the first time you watched it, right? Yeah. Yeah. It was the first time I've seen it. What'd you think? I, I, honestly, I really expected the uh, Texas Chainsaw Massacre. What, what would you call him? Does he have a name? Well, Leatherface. Oh, Leatherface. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. Uh, space for a minute. Okay. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, I really expected Leatherface to be in there a whole lot more. What, what did he have? Like five minutes of screen time total? Yeah, I mean, at least until you get toward the end, right, Smoke? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it takes a while before they even get to the point of getting to the house. 
to the, the family's house before you, you yeah. know, like you said, before you see a lot of the face. I forget how far into the movie it is, but it's a good little ways. I yeah. mean, more than a quarter, maybe, or at least a quarter way into the movie before you even see him at all. Yeah, yeah. Did we ever see his face there? Oh, oh you mean like without the mask? I don't think so. Yeah. Because <laughs> I almost wonder, like, was he the, the redheaded guy sitting at the uh, at the oh, gas yeah. station with the dad? <laughs> no, I don't, yeah, you know what? That's fine. I don't think so, but but it uh, never got back to that guy, did it? I guess he's just some, I don't know, local that hangs around there. Is he part of the family? I, didn't even, I never even thought about that guy until just now when you said that. I don't think so. I, I think they kind of keep, I think they kind of kept Leatherface hidden in the back room, you know? So like, yeah. I don't think anybody ever yeah. saw him. But yeah, no, no, I, I, I enjoyed it. Like Smoke said, though, it was a very slow burn. Like I had to adjust to that. But yeah, overall, I thought it was pretty good. I think I'm going to go four on that one. That's pretty much on par with what we said. Donnie gave it four and a half and Smoke and I gave it five. So uh, that'll that'll bring the consensus up to uh, 4.6 stars. So that's about as, about as honestly, it's about as good as it gets here on the Spook Show for sure. Very Not so much higher than I would have rated it the first time I saw it because... First time I saw it was back in the 80s and all that, but I had all this buildup. I think I mentioned it probably on that episode, all this buildup in my head on, you know, it's hype on it. Like, it's going to be the super gory chainsaw, you know, ripping limbs yeah. off and all this stuff. And then when I watched it and it wasn't exactly that, I was a little bit disappointed. I probably would have given this movie a lot lower ratings that first time I saw it. And then it took me another, you know, two or three watch before I realized what a you know masterpiece it was. <laughs> Well, I also think, you know, like like there are certain movies that need to be rated highly historically. Yeah. Like, like yeah. I, I'm sure, you know, I would have been right there with you, Smoke. Like, like you know, if I'd have seen it like way back in the day. But just the fact that this is my first time watching it and I, I know, you know, like where this kind of falls. Uh, but we'll fast forward. There, there was a handful of other movies you haven't had a chance to watch it, but we'll fast forward. You did get a chance to watch back in uh, just a couple episodes ago, episode 164. We watched Don't Look Up from 2021. So what do you think of that one? Oh, dude, I, I really enjoyed this movie. Like, like honestly, for me, like anything you throw up, throw up about space, it, it's just like uh, disaster films. Like you, you don't you don't have to have a good story. If, if it has a good story, that's just, you know, icing on the cake. You just want to uh, see you just want to see destruction, death. Oh, God, widespread yes, destruction. Yes. <laughs> and and like while it did take a while for the, the meteor to finally hit that the special effects of, you know, everything blowing up. Oh man. It literally took the entire movie for the meteor. To find. <laughs> Cause that it was, the did, story. that was the story. It was of the thing coming, you know? Yeah. It was so satisfying when it hit. Yeah. It was. Uh, and I, I felt like everything looked pretty good. So what's your, so rating? yeah, nah, what I, your I enjoyed rating? that one. What was your star rating on it? Uh, I think I'm going to go with a four on that one. That, that was a little higher than what we all said, but uh, I think overall, uh, except for smoke, he didn't like it quite as much as we did, but, Overall, that brings it up to over 3.1 stars, so three stars across the board yeah. for that one. Yeah, for me, with, with that one, like, I go, I went in knowing, you know, like, I, I think I'd seen it relatively soon after it, it like, got dropped uh, online. Yeah, it was a Netflix. So, like, I, I, yeah, I, I knew it was kind of somewhat of a heavy-handed uh, uh, political satire piece. Yeah. And, you know, I just sat there and enjoyed it for, for, for all of that. And then the special effects at the end, just money. Yeah. Uh, and the last one that we needed to catch up on was the book of Eli from, uh, episode 165 from 20, uh, the year 2010. What'd you think of that one? Oh, uh, honestly, I think I'm going to give that one about a, about a three. It, it, it was fine. It wasn't bad. He could have just went around without the book, you know, <laughs> since he had it memorized. Yeah. <laughs> I don't, I don't know why he 
made such a big deal about keeping him. I, I love, I, you know, we talked about that in the episode. And by the way, spoiler alert, if you haven't seen any of these movies, but specific, <laughs> specifically to the book of Eli, you know, go watch it. You know, you don't want to hear what we, I'm about to say, but like, I just love that they were able to transcribe the thing, like the entire Holy Bible and what seemed like just a couple of days. Like, just go ahead. And he starts saying it. And then one dude's writing it down. Also, like what Will just said kind of struck something with me, too, is like, yeah, he's walking around with this knowledge in his head and he's keeping the book because he wanted to keep the book out of the hands of the wrong people. Right. Yeah. To get the ideas from the book and yeah. to control people. But yet he dictates it to somebody who like writes it out. And then I assume they're probably going to publish it in some way, shape or form. Yeah. Well, or they make did. more copies. Of it. Well, they did. Right. They start like they started off busting off the print right there. I think as soon as they like wrote it down, they. It shows them like, uh, it, it, didn't it say like he puts it on the shelf, but yeah, it says like uh, uh, San Quentin printing or something like that on it. Or not not San Quentin. What was it? Was it what, San Quentin? I forget the um, Alcatraz. Alcatraz. Yeah, Alcatraz. It says Alcatraz printing like on the side of the book. So yeah, like they clearly start busting them off at that point. Protecting the book. Yeah. But well, I guess he, I guess then, he only kept the book because it was Braille, and he's just like, you know what? This is going to be a, an awesome joke to play on somebody when they steal this book. You know. <laughs> <laughs> he kept it for and, you know, it would have been funny like like if there was like an extended version of that where it's just like all right are, are y'all ready in the beginning there was theo yeah. <laughs> he just starts purposely and, like saying it all wrong <laughs> just making stuff up. yeah and then they write the whole thing down and say, nah, i was just fucking with it here it is <laughs> and then it does it again so yeah there you go uh three stars for you from you for the book of Eli, that brings it to just over three stars. So pretty much right on par with don't look up. So there, we'll leave it for, there for now. And hopefully you're able to catch up on a few of the other movies that you've missed over the last, uh, you know, a few months or so. And we'll uh, catch you up to date on that. But let's get back to independence day here before we dive into the background. Like we usually do, I'll go ahead and throw out some of the usual information. You can go to aspookshow.com. That's the center of the spook show universe. From there, you can listen to our, our podcast archives you can go over to our Patreon, also at patreon.com slash show. Lots of bonus stuff like Crafter Peace Theater going on over there. Also, we encourage you to check out our YouTube channel from there, where you get other cool series on our YouTube channel, like Grindhouse Gutter, Video Vortex, Hammer Horror and Order. Lots of cool stuff going on over there, so we encourage you to check it out. So without any further buildup, we'll go and toss to the trailer for Independence Day. miles and with themselves. Where are they heading? They should be entering our atmosphere within the next 25 minutes. Let's just get there as quickly as What's possible. What's the rush, huh? If we'll get to Washington, it won't be there. It is confirmed. The unexplained phenomenon is headed for Moscow. It's like a chess. First their position in the pieces, use this one signal to synchronize their efforts. And then what? Checkmate. God. I'm really 
really don't think they flew 90 billion light years to start a fight. All right, there you go. That's that's the trailer for that. Now, uh, before we dive into the background stuff, man, you really can't uh, overblow or over overstate how big of like a this was like one of the first felt to me like big blockbuster movies, right? Like, I mean, I know there were other ones, but that preceded yeah. it. But this was like this was fucking massive when it came out, right? Yeah, the only thing I can really think of in recent, well, in not in recent memory, in memory from that time period, I guess that would have been close would be Jurassic Park, maybe two years before. Yeah, but mm. that's, that's a good point. And then this one, <laughs> that's the only like, two I can think I of that like, were that much blockbusters. I remember you like know. Batman came out came out in nineteen eighty nine. That was a pretty big deal, obviously. Yeah. You know, and there were other movies that were highly successful, and like you said, Jurassic Park. But this one was like, as as soon as you saw the trailer that we just listened to there. You knew, like, oh fuck, this is gonna be fucking huge. I gotta see this, and like everybody just flocked to the theaters that summer. You know, it was it was truly has to be one of the first enormous summer blockbusters. I mean, they made it for a budget of seventy five million dollars, but the worldwide box office ended up being eight hundred and seventeen point four million, which by today's standards isn't like crazy, but nineteen ninety six, right? Pretty fucking big. This yeah. is this is pre Titanic. Yeah, they were pushing out some blockbusters at that point. After, I mean, well, like I said, you had Jurassic Park and you had this and you had Titanic. And yeah. then, I mean, that time in the 90s. And actually, watching this movie, I actually miss movies created this, the way this movie was. The way the way, the way the summer blockbuster was from that era. I think they had they had a great blueprint on how to do it, right? Yeah. And and we'll get into that, but I think they did. They definitely made the, the blueprint here with this one. You know, for, okay. as far as like uh, having something that kept pushing the, uh, the, the story forward, but giving you all the action and everything that you want along the way, you know, th this kind of started it for really, really kind of re started like a lot of what we're talking about here in the summer disaster with these big epic disaster type flicks. This was the one that kind of got everybody to, you know, go see these type of movies again. Right. Cause it was, there was like a period in the seventies where they made these type of movies and then they had kind of stopped for a while. There were, there would be the occasional one, but there, there weren't a lot. Then this one came out, and then all of a sudden there's Armageddon and Twister, and you're right, you know, there was just one after another for, you know, the next decade after this. I've, I only have one alternative title, but that's more of like a shortening. Uh, you may see it as ID4. It premiered yeah. June 25th, 1996 in Los Angeles, but it was released wide July 3rd, 1996, and it was produced by Centropolis Entertainment and, of course, distributed by 20th Century Fox. It was rated PG-13, Total runtime of two hours and 25 minutes. And uh, the spe the, uh, later on, they released a special edition, which included nine more minutes. So that one came in at two hours and 34 minutes. And I actually watched that one for this. 
since it had been a while since I watched it. So I decided to watch the special edition instead. And I'll, I'll talk about some of the differences. They're, they're not glaring massive differences, but I'll point out some of the differences here shortly. On IMDb, it's listed as an action slash adventure slash sci-fi. It was filmed here in the United States, like all over the United States. I mean, literally in locations from, from Washington, D.C. all the way to Los Angeles. <laughs> from July 28th through October 8th of 1995. For, like I said earlier, a budget of $75 million, and it went on to a worldwide gross of $817.4 million. I've got the top 10 in the box office that weekend that it came out. So this was uh, basically uh, your July 4th weekend. So this is the weekend of July 5th through the 7th, 1996. Number 10, The Cable Guy. Number 9, <laughs> Mission Impossible. The first one of like 18 of those movies now. Number 8, Twister. So actually, Twister had already been out at nine weeks at this time. So I guess you could kind of count Twister as one of the precursors to these big disaster type flicks, right? At least as far as prior, slightly prior to this one. Number seven, one of uh, Donnie's favorite, Strip Tease. Mm, yeah. That was my second week. I remember you telling me back then you went and saw that. Number six. <laughs> <laughs> you really got nothing to add to that. Huh? Number yeah, six, yeah. The Rock. That was uh, Sean Connery, right? Yeah. And wasn't Nicolas Cage in that too? I, I think he was. Yeah, yeah. Uh, number five, Eraser. I, th- I believe that was a Schwarzenegger flick. Number four, The Hunchback yeah. of Notre Dame. That's a Disney animated flick that was in its third week. Uh, and the two big movies that opened that weekend, the first one at number three, Phenomenon. Number two, it had been out for two weeks. One of Smoke's favorites, The Nutty Professor. Yeah, the Eddie Murphy one, right? Yep, yep. <laughs> And number one, the big winner at the box office, surprise, surprise, Independence Day. It made just over $50 million in its opening weekend. Once again, today's standards, not crazy, but back then, that was that was quite a bit. Yeah, there's your uh, the old box office snapshot there for July 5th through the 7th, 1996. This actually won an Oscar for Best Visual Effects, and it was nominated for Best Sound, but it lost that. Academy Award to the English Patient, <laughs> which is so weird to compare those two movies in any way, right? I guess if you're going to best sound is as good as a category as any. Yeah. yeah. Ironically, and also that. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. I was I was just going to say, ironically, it was nominated for a Razzie as well for <laughs> worst what? worst written film, grossing over a hundred million dollars, <laughs> which is super specific. <laughs> But uh, <laughs> it lost that Razzie, though, to Twister, ironically. So does that. Man, just wait. These people that gave out these Razzies, haven't, they, needed to, they needed to come forward to like you know, get the time machine and come to this year and <laughs> check out some of the storyline. <laughs> some of these movies, if they thought those were bad. You ain't going to believe this shit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but the, the cast on this, you know, for, first and foremost, we'll say this was directed by Roland Emmerich. Written by Dean Devlin and Roland Emmerich. But the cast on this one is like, you know, especially of the time, but even looking back on it, it's a who's who, right? Uh, Will Smith, Bill Pullman, Jeff Goldblum, Mary McDonald, Judd Hirsch, Robert Loja, <laughs> everybody's favorite character actor, Robert Loja, Randy Quaid, Harvey Firestein, Adam Baldwin, Brent Spiner, who, you know, was Data in uh, Star Trek uh, The Next Generation, Vivica A. Fox. Uh, the list goes on and on. Mae Whitman, you know, who plays the president's daughter, you know, she went on to bigger and better things, you know, when she got a little older. But yeah, huge, huge cast 
for the time. Lots of character actors too. Like a lot of that when you're watching it, like, Hey, it's that guy or that woman, you know, tons of those in this one. Like there, it seems like there's like a, a, a rolling cast of these type of people that always play in these, uh, late nineties, early two thousands disaster movies too. If you notice, it's like, it's a lot of the same people, you know, in various roles. Also, speaking of, uh, you know, Jeff Goldblum and, you know, Jurassic Park, because he was in that, of course, uh, he even has the same line at one point, right? The, something about we must go faster mm. when they're leaving the, uh, the mothership. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Same line in the Jurassic Park. <laughs> now, as far as some of the differences that I was talking about with the special edition and the theatrical cut, it's mostly like exposition type stuff, you know, a few more dialogue lines, stuff like that, maybe showing a little bit more of, uh, of a wider shot in a scene or something like that. But apparently one of the biggest differences is Russell's suicide attack. You know, uh, uh, Randy Quaid's character. Uh, uh, apparently they, that was a much bigger, they played that one a little bit bigger and made it more, uh, more impactful moment. Like, cause they gave Russell a little bit more screen time in the special edition. So it made that moment even bigger when he kind of, you know, goes in there and uh, takes him down himself, you know? So that, that was one of the biggest uh, differences really for the most part though, to me, it felt like the same movie, you know, like there was no massive, like, Holy shit. Why did they cut that out? Kind of stuff, you know? So did you guys have any other uh, background stuff that you dug up? I've got one piece. That's uh, probably only interesting to me. (laughs) Is the, uh, the black Knights VF, uh, was it VF? I forget what they were. They're squadron number right now, but, uh, they were, uh, a real the bad motherfucker <laughs> squadron or something. Yeah, 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 we, yeah. Talking offline, uh, I know you thought I said the BM the the BMFs. You thought yeah, I said I think yeah, it was BMF. BMF, yeah. <laughs> yeah, the bad motherfuckers. We'll go with that. But uh, there were a real squadron called the Black Knights and the FA eighteen Hornet Squadron, and uh, I was happened to be in the Navy at the same time as they were on the USS Abraham Lincoln over in, uh, in the Gulf for Operation Southern Watch. But like I said, that's only interesting to me. Nobody else gives a shit about that. <laughs> but I thought, about oh, that's cool. I mean, that, and you know, too, like that just reminds me when you're talking about that. Like this, mm-hmm. this really felt like this was at that crossroads. I guess maybe just in time, as far as when they were still making movies like this, where there's probably more practical effects in here than you remembered. Obviously, there's tons okay. of tons of CGI, but a lot of model work type stuff. I think here, you know, like they would build the city or like the white house and stuff like that to scale. And then they blew it up and stuff like that. You know, like this wasn't a like a CGI. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Like this wasn't a CGI heavy as something like this would be today. You know, like th- yeah. they were still kind of one foot in one foot out on the practical effects here. There was an explosion. Like there was a, the ships, you know, shooting lasers at them, yeah. hitting the ground or whatever. You would see a real explosion where somebody's running or whatever, rather than, a CG visual optical effect explosion or something. Yeah. Yeah. Something else I found also was, um, Roland Emmerich was, uh, he actually found out that, uh, Robert Loja was really pissed off and wouldn't come out of his trailer. Uh, <laughs> turn out to be that, uh, Dean, uh, Devlin <laughs> suggested that Loja watch airplane for some inspiration, <laughs> uh, for <laughs> when he actually meant to suggest airport, Oh, air- and then <laughs> Loja watched Airplane. And he got really pissed off because he didn't. He, he thought he was in a spoof movie. Yeah. I wonder, got- I, I wonder how far into Airplane he got. Like, did he watch like a portion of it or did he watch the whole thing? Like, what the hell is this? What the hell is this? <laughs> I'm Robert Loja, damn it. 
Am I supposed to be the air traffic control guy? <laughs> Hilarious. He just keeps poking his head in. I just want you to remember, we're all counting on you. <laughs> no, I thought I thought this was kind of interesting too. That uh, most of the scenes with uh, Jeff Goldblum, Judd Hirsch, and Will Smith uh, were pretty much all improvised. That's pretty cool. Now, I, I can definitely believe that with those guys, you know, especially like Jeff Goldblum being kind of the way he is, and Judd Hirsch just being the old pro. You know, I made the yeah. note. I made the that you just reminded me with the Judd Hirsch thing. I made a note when I was watching it. If you notice, like at this point, Judd Judd Hirsch is probably in his forties or fifties, something like that, and he's uh, I believe when I looked it up, how old is he now? He's like eighty three. You know, he's eighty eight. He's eighty eight years old now. How come he's been playing a grumpy old man since he was in his forties? Like. He almost looks and acts the exact same way now at 88 that he did when he was, you know, fucking 38. I mean, hell, you could even argue he kind of acted like that when he was in, in Taxi back in the, you know, early eight, late 70s, early 80s, whenever that came out. Like, Except he was just a little younger, but he still acted like the, you know, the kind of the grumpy old man role. I, I guess he's just perfect at it, so that's his thing. But even to this day, he's not acting anymore. He got anymore. scared of the grumpy old man, and that was it, I guess. Yeah, like, that's what I'm saying. Like, I don't even think he's acting anymore. He's just... He just shows up and he's Judd Hirsch today, you know, every day. But there was one other thing was uh, oh, yeah, that ahead. the alien managed to make the cover of Time magazine in July 1st, 1996. That's all. Awesome. Yeah. I'm sure they, that that uh, 20th Century Fox didn't pay for that at all. No, no. I'm sure they completely just willingly put that on the cover. Also, you know, didn't that movie came out when? July 2nd? July, well... July 3rd, but I saw where, like, apparently there were some kind of, like, early releases in some places that it did come out on July 2nd. And that was to coincide with the first date in the movie. Yeah. Oh, okay. Well, that that was – I'm pretty sure the trailer never showed the alien, right? I don't, I don't think it did. I don't the think actual so. Look. So that's, that was a pretty big reveal. They're like, oh, let's just put the, the way the alien looks on the cover of Time magazine a couple of days before the movie comes out. Hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Yum, yum. It's time for a tasty and refreshing snack. We promise to satisfy your hunger, your thirst, your sweet tooth. So visit our refreshment center now. Let's go. For you, the listeners of the All-American Spook Show podcast, Audible is offering a free audiobook download with a free 30-day trial to give you the opportunity to check out their service. So like we usually do, I hopped on over to Audible. Dot com and I typed in Independence Day to see what would pop up. And of course, it's got nothing to do with aliens. Actually, there was there's one thing here I'll, I'll mention. But uh, the very first one that comes up is Independence Day, a Dewey Andreas novel by Ben Coase. That one is uh, just over 14 hours long. Then there is uh, Independence Day. What I learned about retirement from some who've done it and some who never will by Steve Lopez. Donnie, that one's for you. That's some good reading there. Mm, yeah. uh, just under mm. seven hours long. But I mean, it's just it's a short listen. You know, I'm out seven I'm hours. Out. That's not, that's not too bad. All right. Watch cats. Twice. <laughs> Shit. Fuck you. <laughs> it's not as, it's not as, it's not as bad as this independence day. Frank Bascom part two or book two by Richard Ford. That one's almost 21 hours long. So it's not as bad as that one. I've seen, I've convinced you. So you're speechless. There's also independence day crucible, the official movie prequel. Now, I'm not sure if that's a prequel. Okay, it's a prequel to Independence Day Resurgence, which was the sequel to this movie. That one's by Greg Keyes, and that one's uh, ten, almost ten and a half hours long. So that is an Audible exclusive. But So if any of that uh, sounds cool to you, you can go over to audibletrial.com slash spookshow. Again, that's audibletrial.com slash spookshow for your free audio book. So 
Now I'm going to cruise on over to uh, IMDb and I'm going to click on plot summary to see what pops up. And we've also got our, our newer feature that we did the uh, last couple episodes. And I'll do that here in just a second with old chat GPT. See, this time I didn't say chat GPT, so we're good. <laughs> IMDb, we got the short one. The aliens are coming and their goal is to invade and destroy Earth. Fighting superior technology, mankind's best weapon is the will to survive. All right, so now I'm just going to uh, hop on over to chat GPT. And I'm going to type in, uh, explain Independence Day. I might have to say movie. Probably, yeah. 1996. Just so, because uh, it, it, I'm sure if it just put Independence Day, it's going to like, well, our forefathers in 1776. Okay, here we go. Ah, Independence Day. It's like a cosmic summer party where aliens crash and uninvited and uninvited. And Will Smith says, uh-uh, not on my watch. <laughs> He whips out his pilot skills, saves the day, and leaves the extraterrestrials wondering if they should have RSVP'd. It's like fireworks, but with more explosions and a side of humor. So grab some popcorn, buckle up, and get ready for an out-of-this-world Independence Day celebration. I don't know if that really explained anything, but other than just like, you're going to see some shit blow up, and it's Will Smith. So there we go. But pretty much that's your best explanation of the movie in a lot of ways. That's what you're here for. Let's watch shit get blown up, <laughs> and Will Smith be funny, right? And Jeff Goldblum be awkward like he is in everything. You know, uh, one thing I guess you'd say is like this, this is the blueprint for disaster movies, summer disasters, and for blockbuster summer movies or whatever. But itself is taken from other blueprints, right? You can say like the War of the Worlds novel slash movie or whatever. Yeah. Or any number of number of other uh, alien invasion movies that this kind of takes and rolls with and makes it bigger budgeted. But like uh, Day the Earth Stood Still, which I think is referenced in the movie. One scene, I believe they're watching it or it's, mm -hmm. it's playing at some uh, and even even kind of reminded me. You remember V, the miniseries? Yeah. And they did a they did oh, a remake yeah. of it some later. I never saw the remake or whatever, but the V, the miniseries, kind of although it stretched out in the course of much more much longer period of time than just a couple of days or whatever. This one. they they really lean into the sci-fi type aspect in a lot of ways too with this one. Like you know you, you get a feel for Star Trek, right? There's some of that there. You get a little bit of Close Encounters of the Third Kind, a little bit mixed in there. You know it's. Uh, it's really yep. just a, a mix of, of everything you'd seen leading up to that point, you know, like, but done on so much of a, a grander scale for the time, you know, like, yep. this is like a lot of times these type of movies are like, uh, we're, the aliens would show up and they're like, oh, we're going to blow some shit up. But maybe in the end, they don't really blow everything up. You know, they find a way to prevent that from happening. This one's like, no, these fucking things roll in. There's a countdown. They don't give them any kind of ultimatum, right? They just roll yep. in hover over them for about 30 minutes and then blow everything the fuck up. You know, <laughs> uh, they take out all the major cities basically. And then everything that's left after that, they're just going to have to, you know, figure out a way to take this shit down. Yeah. But I think that's what sets this one apart, at least at the time, because it really delivered the goods. Like, fuck, you saw what the empire state building go down. You see the white house get blown up. Right. All that shit. You see DC go, you know, like, all that, all the things that like you, you want to see, like, Will, you talked about, and you know, want to see these, the mass destruction in the movies, you see it in this one, right? Oh yeah. And I think, uh, on top of that, I think, I think I read somewhere that this had the most models blown up for any movie. <laughs> I don't doubt it. I mean that, that moment when like, you know, they just unleash hell and take everything out. I mean, it's, it's pretty fucking epic. Yeah. 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 I mean, just the, they had a really good visual of that first building exploding mm -hmm. like out and just kind of taking over. Yeah. I mean, what was it in LA whenever they gather on top of the building? Like there's like some nuts that are like, 
welcome to earth, you know, come, and they're all holding up signs and shit, like welcoming, welcoming the aliens. And then that, that beam just opens up and just obliterates the movie. But that shot where it goes straight down, like whoosh, and then just pushes out. You see it. all the glass shattering. Yeah, out it's, and, and, yeah. it's like all hundred and something floors. Just whoosh, boom. <laughs> Then it like, does it to the Empire State Building, right? The same thing. Yep. yep. <laughs> but how convenient is that the uh, uh, First Lady uh, lives just long enough to say goodbye to her husband? Yeah. Very I'm convenient. sorry. There's nothing. There's nothing we can do. You didn't even operate, man. <laughs> we quickly came to that conclusion. Look, millions of people just died. We got other shit to move on to here. She's dead. <laughs> Yeah, well, that that's kind of that you know. Let's rush through a, a few things, kind of convenient wrap ups, stuff like that in these type of movies. You know, like especially of the '90s action flick, where like <laughs> things happen kind of conveniently quickly. You know, so we can move on. Well, you see, you, know. you see, I think he had already moved on because he tried hooking up with uh, Goldblum's wife. Yeah, see. So that's why Goldblum Gold, Goldblum punched him apparently uh, years prior. <laughs> Had to move in on him, on her. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, yeah, and at the end of the movie, that's that's what he was talking about. He was talking about his wife. Yeah, not bad, <laughs> not bad at all. Not bad at all, buddy. <laughs> One last little underhanded dig right before the end. <laughs> but how about right there at the opening credits, though? Does that not scream '90s action flick? Just at the very <laughs> beginning, what you know, the yeah. Roland almost... Emmerich independent, you know. Yeah, it's almost similar to Demolition Man. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. I was thinking, like, okay, well, I guess if you're going to rip off anything, it's per- it's the perfection of of uh, yes. that movie. Why do I have the urge to knit? Although, didn't they come out about the same time? Like, it's not like uh, I a think knock of Demolition a- Man was 94, maybe. Okay, well, roughly. It's pretty close. Yeah. But, it, yeah, I was sitting there, I'm like, oh, yeah, yeah you're, in the, you're in for some good 90s action cheese here as soon as you see. You haven't <laughs> even seen anything other than the shoom doom doom you know, the words flying up on the screen. Yeah, Demolition Man was 93. Okay, wow. Wow, 93 for real? That's when the restaurant wars ended? God, it's been that long. (laughs) Taco Bell has been king that long. Anyway, uh, I really really feel, though, that, you know, the the writers, Dean Devlin and Roland Emmerich, they really did a good job in this movie, like, mixing the exposition and then just getting on with it. You know, like... They're, they're telling all the things that you need to know to keep the story moving, but like it doesn't bog anything down. That's where I think like the, the Razzie for best writing for, you know, it was very specific, what best writing for a hundred million. I think that's a little harsh. I mean, because I, Definitely. <laughs> like you said, smoke, like it, fast forward five or 10 years and you're like, man, you're begging for this kind of thing. Right. So the examples we've yeah, had like, in the time since it's like, okay, well it got worse. <laughs> so if you thought yeah, this was I think, bad. I, yeah, they get a bit bloated now sometimes, you know, yeah, as far as yeah. like whenever they, the convoluted plot finds. And I know people like different generations, maybe they crave that type of thing or they, you know, they like that type of thing. But yeah, if you were to compare some of these types of action movies to even some of the action movies of the day, like some of the uh, tail end now, as we get to the Marvel movies where they everything's got a fishtail into this and that, and, and everything's got to tie up and then you got to, it's got to link to the next movie and yeah. you know, I think some of that gets a little convoluted now. So, well, yeah, now they've they've made a whole other thing in the time sense of like franchises. You know, like everything yeah. has to be ready. You have to set everything up in this movie to make the next one, and so on and so forth. So, yet yeah, now they've they've made things more complicated than they needed to be in that in the years since. But like, I think in this one, like they do a great job of just all right. Here's what you need to know, but we're going to keep moving as we're telling you. 
walk the walk with me, you know, <laughs> walk with me while I'll explain. Like, here's our history of Jeff Goldblum and the president, right? But we're we're con- we're continuing to move. Here's where this guy fits in and this woman fits in. But let's keep moving, and then bam, here's the alien. Here's the ships arriving, and here's them just you know fucking obliterating everything. I think that all kind of happens fairly quickly, like what in the first forty five minutes or so. And you know, the little things that happen that are interesting in the movie, but like probably like the, the people talking about that nominated him for a Razzie is convenient things to where the president's, you know, the first lady hooks up with uh not hooks up. <laughs> That's not the right term. <laughs> I don't remember meets that. up <laughs> with uh Will Smith's wife, right? Oh yeah, yeah. How all the characters kind of come <laughs> it's together. It's a different movie if you leave in hooks thing, up. You know, like, yeah, no doubt. <laughs> Yeah, it is. Oh, yeah. <laughs> there is a lot of conveniences there for sure. But, but I, I mean, I, that's the way. That's the how you link a movie. That's how you make it go. You know, as far as the plot tie into yeah, dovetail together. Can, and, yeah, I think those things. A, yeah, it's it's very convenient, and it's probably in some ways, you know, to some co- more cultured minds, right, than ours. It's lazy, but I think it's just like, all right, well, we're just getting to what we want to see. You know, like we got to get this. We have to have a story, but we just need to keep it moving too. You know, so I think they do a good job of doing both here. Yeah, yeah, kind of, kind of along what you just said. Uh, just kind of like struck me. It's like, all right, look, I walk fast. I talk fast. Follow me. Keep up. Yeah. Like, you know, they, <laughs> yeah. they, they're, they're uh, not assuming, you know, everything, but you, that we're just going to show you what you need to know. And you're going to hold her hand, but you know, chew, chew bubble gum and walk at the same time. Let's, let's keep it moving. <laughs> Before you question something, something big's going to happen and you'll move on. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. But you get to what you want to see. And that's, that's the important part. And that's another thing too, you know, just going back a second. I mean, like the movie was what uh, theatrical cut was two hours and twenty five minutes. To me, it didn't feel like that. Was there? There was not really any dragging. No. I mean, there's certain parts where it's like you know they had to slow down a little bit, they had to bring the temperature down a little bit to get to the next big thing. But for the most part, man, this thing is just fucking clicking, right? Oh yeah, yeah. For it being as two and a half, well, the, the cut I saw was what two hours and twenty four minutes. Two twenty five. Yeah, two twenty five. Yeah. And for that, yeah, it doesn't, definitely does not feel like that long. It feels more like a an hour and a half, hour and 45 movie, you know, but no, it's about two and a half hours. So I, I think they did a good job on pacing for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Just follow me, big daddy. One of the first questions <laughs> I had, though, when the ships, when they see the ships on the, that something's coming, right? Wouldn't you think yeah. something that big would have shown up on the radars before it hit the moon? Before it made it to the moon? <laughs> Yeah, well, yeah. not only that, but like, you know, we can see the moon pretty good in you know, in daylight and yeah. even, uh, you look um, up and see that probably, wouldn't you think? Yeah, <laughs> you, you would, you would kind of have to. Didn't they even say like, this thing's half the size of the moon or some shit like that? Right? Yeah. Like, they <laughs> said it's a quarter of the size of the okay, moon. Yeah, and then yeah. you also have like, uh, but if something like that is a quarter of the size of the moon and then you also have, was it, it was 30, about three dozen, uh, ships about. 15 miles wide. Mm-hmm. Uh, but when, oh shit, David and uh, Hiller uh, take out the, um, the mothership or they fly that, you know, alien fighter over to the, uh, the mothership. Mm. Uh, it doesn't, re- it doesn't look that big. No, but, it, no, like it doesn't. Their mm-hmm. scale, the scale is off. Yeah. The scale is off. Yeah. 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 It definitely, like it looks big, but it doesn't look that big. Mm. You know, they did, yeah. they definitely didn't get, do a good job because they, they pretty quickly show you, I mean, you see the size of that little ship that they're in, you know, that it's roughly big enough for just a few people, right? Mm-hmm. It's a small ship that they have at Air, area 51. And then they take that up to the mothership and it looks like a big tick flying around in the, <laughs> flying around in space. But I was just curious, like you would think, 
Okay, something that fucking big would have popped up, even, even in the mid-90s, would have popped up on the radars before it gets over the top of the moon. And then we still question, like, what the fuck we just saw, you know? And what was it about about it when it first came into the atmosphere? You know, the flames, is that just because it's supposed to be a re-entry? I guess so. I think that's kind yeah. of what they were doing there. Yeah, yeah I think that's what it is. Yeah. And, it, and, it made because, a more, I mean, and it made a more dramatic entrance, too, like. Yeah, you know, <laughs> yeah. you don't actually see it until, yeah. until you it just is. think it's like maybe a weather anomaly mm-hmm. or, you know, like a meteor or something. And until it turns out it finally breaks through the clouds and, and the fire mm-hmm. or whatever. And then all of a sudden it's a fucking mothership over New York. I don't know. I guess that maybe that they didn't mention cloaking device or anything like that. But I mean, like you're saying, if, you, if it's coming from the moon, it's coming towards Earth. You're going to see it <laughs> well before and, if and it's it, that big. And you just nailed it right there. It's an easy fix. One line that says something about a cloaking device. Yeah. Then that yeah. question just goes away. Okay, well, you know, they couldn't see it because <laughs> fucking aliens. But I don't think, I, unless I missed it, I don't think they ever said that. So. I think so. Yeah. The one, the one shot they missed is a, a homeless guy walking around with the end of his mouth. Well, they, yeah. they were pretty close. There was like a there was like a preacher or something. Like the world's already been blown up or something, right? I think it's already went down. And Vivica A. Fox, you know, her character and their crew are out looking for people, and then there's just this random preacher, just like the Bible didn't say nothing about this. <laughs> and, then they, and then they just leave that motherfucker like, okay, keep on rolling, you know? Yeah, like the random blurbs, like the one lady's like, oh, I hope they bring Elvis back, or you know, like, yeah, what the fuck. <laughs> Yeah, that was the the alien welcomers. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I love that this there is an active alien invasion going on. Like the ships are hovering over all major cities. You know, the world would be sent into panic. Like what the fuck is going on? Meanwhile, uh Vivica Fox, her character, uh she goes to the strip club to, to go work mm-hmm. and brings the kid and the dog with her to the strip club. Money don't make itself. Yeah. And they, they, all they, really the only explanation they had is like, well, I didn't have a babysitter. And, uh, because the world is going to shit, nobody's here. You know, like that was her complaint. Not that there's a fucking (laughs) half moon sized alien aircraft up in the sky, you know? (laughs) Nah, nah. Like there ain't nobody spending money here at the club tonight. Oh, I didn't have a babysitter and I had to bring the kid and the dog. I did like the uh, smoke. I figured you could appreciate the air force, uh, firefight. You know, like the, the big fight that the first one they had. When they approach the oh, yeah. uh, aliens and everything, yeah, yeah, with that when they send out the fighters, yeah, I thought that was a pretty cool scene. <laughs> yeah, that was. Uh, oh, we didn't mention this at the beginning. I didn't think about it. I mean, I did mention about the, the squadron thing and all that, but the actual the military was supposed to be more cooperative with this movie than they were, and they the reason they weren't is because you know with equipment and letting them borrow a bunch of things and whatnot is because they wouldn't take out the part about Area Fifty One. Apparently, <laughs> that was <laughs> well, that was a pretty big was part, a, pretty big part of the uh, of the plot there, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you could see they weren't gonna they weren't gonna change that part of the storyline. Yeah, no. But uh, that I guess they didn't give them all the access to a certain amount of equipment that they were gonna give them beforehand. Ike, when uh, Will Smith's character Hiller uh, takes one of the ships down, and then he opens it up, and the aliens like, blah, 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 and he just punches it out. <laughs> but, <laughs> he just knocks the fucking, and I think he killed it, right? Well, well, no, no he no, didn't. Well, no, he knocked him out. No. Yeah, it did. I guess he just knocked it out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then he's just talking shit and kicking it as he's driving it or uh, dragging it across the desert. And then it conveniently lives just long enough for him to get to Area 51. Yeah. What did you think about the whole Area 51 thing? That, like, Area 51 is legit. It's not just, you know, conspiracy theory rumor that everybody, you know, 
even I guess to this day thinks it is like in this, like, no, no, that's, it's a real thing. And yeah, a ship did land here in the fifties and we have it. And <laughs> <laughs> I like that. Well, it's funny how things come back around again. Cause now, uh, here in the current time, we got the, uh, an aliens back in the news, right? <laughs> well, maybe I missed this. What are you, what, what are you talking about? Oh yeah. The area 51 well, stuff or just there's another rabbit hole to go down, but there was some alien, you know, related thing in the news where this, uh, ship or something or whatever landed that these people heard this noise outside and they go running out in the backyard and there's like a what they describe as an alien that that did have some sort of cloaking device because he was like blurry looking when they looked at him directly huh. and the police officers saw the fire in the sky you might want to call it you know there was a big flash in the sky and that's and they the guys that saw it in the backyard called 911 and they actually sent mm-hmm. cops over to investigate because the police officers saw a flash in the sky I yeah, think, I don't yeah. know what came up with after that, but but you know, it's just aliens are always it's in always the news. It's always yeah, it's, always and it's uh, it is kind of interesting that we are covering this uh, also at the time where uh, you know our own government agencies are actually you know didn't uh, NASA hold up a uh, like a a disclosure uh, yeah, kind of conference? There have been some things where they're kind of like I guess they're disclosing some things or talking yeah. about that they're investigating some. UFOs and, and yeah, UAPs and, yeah, and stuff like that. Stuff so, yeah. like that. Yeah. It, is, it is the thing here in 2023 for sure. I that, guess yeah. that, that, that begs the question, Donnie, do you believe in it? I think it's weird. You know, there's a, there's a lot of <laughs> stuff. Yeah. There's a lot. That, it's that's weird. It's almost alien entirely. to us, you could say. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, I've, I've, I've talked about that discussions with people before. Like my thoughts on it is, I don't know that there's, you know, about the aliens here necessarily or people yeah. getting probed and getting like, yeah, I don't abducted. know about all that. I think they are out there. There's got to be other, you know, the vast universe has got to be other galaxies where the sun is close enough to, you know, the star or whatever is close enough for it to make life on it or whatever. Somewhere out there that hasn't been able to get here yet. I don't believe necessarily that they are, they've been here before. Though. I, I could believe anything, right? Uh, I, I remember hearing once a long time ago, maybe it was my grandpa or my dad or something a long time ago saying like, basically, if you can imagine it, if you can think it in your head, yeah. that means somebody has already thought of it and imagined it before you, you know, like, so it's not unusual to think, I don't think that something like that could be out there, but you know, whether or not, like you said, they've ever been here or they are here or will come here. Who knows? Who knows? But Will, what do you think? Do I think that there's other life out there? I find it hard for there not to be, but to think that they're so far ahead of us where not only are they smarter, not only do they have better technology, but they've also figured out clearly how to travel at the speed of light, mm. you know, to be able to move around. I find that a little tough. They'd have to be a, a, a much like thousands of years more advanced than us. What makes you think that there would be something that much older than us? Right. So, that- And I think I'd seen like, a, I think it was something from uh, uh, Neil deGrasse Tyson talking about the fact that, you know, like it took what, 400 million years or something like that for our planet to, uh, like, come together, cool off, a time where, you know, pretty much nothing was here, build up people. You know, if you call that the average, like, like how would you, how would you, like, look at other civilizations yeah, putting how, together something so much faster they, than we Yeah, did? how could they have done it any faster? You're right. I don't know. It's it's an interesting I mean, side conversation to have with a movie like this. You know, yeah. who knows? 
we are, we are far from the professionals. And I'm sure there's some uh, alien conspiracy theory podcast out there hosted by Smoke that we're not aware of. That uh, I'm sure there's some out. Well, there, there literally is some out there hosted by Dan Aykroyd. Well, yeah. Well, he. It, I I think like him and his family before him like all about like paranormal shit, alien stuff, right? There's all kinds of. Yeah. He's got like a long history with that stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Back to this one, but kind of uh, on the same path. If only Dr. Sirizawa hadn't destroyed the oxygen destroyer. Oh, wait. That's a different movie altogether. My bad. <laughs> <laughs> it really could have come in handy here, right? Mm. Because when they shoot the nukes, they do nothing. <laughs> well, they actually do do something. Uh, they the ended end, up. Uh, well, no, they, uh, they nuked Houston. <laughs> well, they did do that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they made Houston uninhabitable for a hundred years, but other than that, yeah. You ever been to Houston though? No, I have. Kidding. You know what? The driving sucks there. So yeah, it's rough. <laughs> if they had been over Detroit, it wouldn't even matter. Right? Yeah. <laughs> We're sorry for disparaging the good. The good yeah. Anyone that's listening from Detroit, or oh, Houston, the water tastes better. We should have. We should have <laughs> put the Houston uh, Detroit hate disclaimer at the top of this episode. Yeah. Let me see if we get any people in in uh, Michigan. I doubt it. <laughs> um, we might. But if we do, we just lost them. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, there, guys. Click. But, but, uh, but we just gained a huge alien conspiracy theory, you know, following. <laughs> so there's that. Yeah. They're pinging. Until the next episode, they're like, these motherfuckers aren't talking about no more goddamn aliens. Yeah. Man, fuck these guys. <laughs> they're talking about these bullshit horror movies, man. I ain't listening to this shit. Yeah, and that's another thing, too, we should point out. Like, this is not a horror movie, right? There might be some, especially the alien, when he takes over the professor, you know, we, we referenced yeah. it earlier. That feels like a horror movie. That feels like, you know, it belongs in, an, in, in the alien franchise, right? Like, there's some horror things here, but it is not a horror movie. No, I think that's probably the only part that you could compare to Alien or to uh, John Carpenter's The Thing, even, maybe. A little bit. Yeah, some of the is stuff that, with the aliens is kind of horrorish, you know, but not much past that for sure. Uh, Other than maybe when there's an explosion <laughs> and <laughs> Vivica A. Fox and grabs her kid and ducks inside that <laughs> thing. And then the, <laughs> I love that scene. Come on, that, dog. The dog. Come, on, come on, Dutch, whatever his fucking name is. And the dog, yeah. like, there's a fireball going <laughs> from a <laughs> fucking epic alien explosion coming down this tunnel, wherever they are. And the dog just jumps like, yay! <laughs> and it doesn't so go where the oxygen was. Like it doesn't. Yeah, even... yeah, the doors open. They'd be fried, right? Wouldn't they have been like yeah. flash oh, fried? Yeah. And the... oh, yeah. <laughs> nope, nope. Because they got in that door, they're good. Nope. And the dog was saved. Big a, thumbs up. A kid, a kid, and a dog taken out. Of course, uh, well, Donnie, with the dog. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I mean, we want to see the dog get fried, but Donnie's like, no, I hate. Yeah, that. I can't. I can't. I can't do it, man. <laughs> Can't do it. I'm out. <laughs> so David, his big plan is to go up, like plant a virus and take them out. Like literally like, well, the only way to do this is to take a thumb drive in, in one of the alien spacecraft and go all the way the fuck up to the uh, mothership planet. And then, uh, that will take down the shields enough for them to like, you know, bomb them with nukes, whatever they got to do to take the, take the ships out. But before they go up, this is when you get the big, iconic Independence Day speech. We even have the little audio drop in the open, this, uh, the summer disaster open of this, today is our Independence Day. You know, but this this speech yeah. by Bill Pullman here it really is kind of a big, iconic, big movie yeah. moment, right? So they go up, 
to the mothership. They upload the virus, take down the shields. And then <laughs> I love that the only way that in the end they take out the ship is once the shields go down. Like Russell is the last fighter jet, you know, Randy Quaid's character who's been like a drunk loser the entire movie. Of course, sure. he's the only one that has still has like missiles on his fighter. So he goes up to shoot the missiles and the missiles lock. So the only way he can take them out is the kamikaze right up its ass. <laughs> Just, yeah. <laughs> Alien is. <laughs> but I love like. Te- tell yeah, he was aliens. He got abducted and they probed him. He was probing them this time. I love that he he just gone, right? Like it blows up, takes it down. And then the general's like, tell all the other fighters around the world we figured it out. What? Like to <laughs> tell somebody to suicide kamikaze each one? Is that how you figured it out? No, no. Yes. <laughs> and then the I guess the last big kaboom is David and Hiller uh, actually once they get up there and upload the virus to get out, they basically like take out the mothership. Now they're like, we got an idea. We're sending the Japanese in. They love that kamikaze stuff. <laughs> oh, we just lost our Japanese. Oh, there. shit. <laughs> Damn it. We just lost Japan. Well, there you go. That's Independence Day. That's how we chose to celebrate it. I think it's perfect. It, it, it all worked out. It was perfect for this summer disaster bit that we're doing. And, uh, you know, it's it's a huge summer blockbuster, you know. We haven't really done a lot. I mean, we've done some big movies, but we haven't done a lot of like mm. big, legit summer blockbuster movies yeah. on the show. So this is this has got to be one of the first. So it's always cool, and that really that was kind of one of our. Uh, <clears throat> I'm going to say the main reason, but it was one of the reasons that we wanted to do the summer disaster bit. Period was that like, you know, we haven't had a chance to do these big epic disaster type of flicks. So you know, we kind of came up mm. with this whole concept. So th- this was one of the reasons for sure. So I guess smoke. You you uh you brought it to the table, so I guess we'll let you go first. What's your uh, thoughts and your star rating on it? Yeah, it's been a little bit since I've seen it. This is, a, uh, I don't know how many years, well over six, six seven years maybe. And I've never seen the sequels. That's not going to get to yeah, at some point here. down the road. But, so I'm here and still haven't. Wait, yeah, one sequel or just, how many it's sequels? It's just one. Just they just won. Yeah. I think they had a plan for it to be a whole thing, but then that one kind of bombed. So there's, all right, that's enough. <laughs> okay so, yeah, i've never even seen that Just sequel warning, either but yeah. but yeah this one uh it's i saw it in the theater first time around i've seen it a couple times since but like i said it's been at least seven years since the last time i've seen it but it's still you know it's it's something you don't really forget you might forget the specifics but you know you i've always loved this movie from the first time i saw it i think it's got that blueprint down disaster summer disaster blockbuster or whatever pretty well and the only what can you say negative about it really i can't can't think of much other than like you said the other the story is well enough and it's got its little things you have to just go along with. And it's not realistic. Of course. Yeah. We're talking about alien invasion here. So, I mean, I don't know why they get, they nominated for a Raz and we're talking about an alien invasion. Who cares if it's, you know, convenient yeah. that they get together this way or that way or what happens. In well, story because that. they didn't feel they, could shit, they couldn't shit on the English patient. So they had to shit on something. <laughs> That's true. Uh, but not, yeah, this is an enjoyable movie and it always is every time I watch it. So it was cool. Like not seeing it for a while and, and revisiting it. So it's, yeah, I knew the the basic stuff that was going to happen, but I've got some of the little dialogues and stuff along the way, so that was fun. Uh, I'd give it, I'd give it four. I mean, I enjoy it. Just a fun movie. Well, what do you say? Uh, yeah, yeah, I'm going to echo Smoke. I mean, a four. You know, it, it's it's your typical summer blockbuster uh, at this point. Uh, just a you know, quick moving. Uh, here's your catchphrases. I'm surprised Will Smith didn't have a song in it. <laughs> and then you, uh, you know, you get your happy ending and move on. It, it, it's a fun movie, and you know, people still remember it today. 
you know, that's the thing too. Like there are cheesy moments in it, but it's not a cheesy movie. You know what I mean? Like yeah. I don't think they're making fun of the situation, so to speak, or playing it lighthearted or anything like they're playing it serious. Like any of these movies. Yeah. There's <clears> funny, like here's Randy Quaid. He's a drunk. Wonk, 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 wonk. You know, there's that kind of shit, but yeah. for the most part, it's played pretty seriously. Right. So like you can't knock it for that. Donnie, what do you say? <laughs> you know, I mean, there's a, uh, um, and I forget the doctor, the scientist, um, you know, and they always say, you know, their, their technology is so much more advanced than ours, yeah. but they seem to have the same computer software. Yeah. Um, I, I know that's, uh, the 1995 kind of a, laptop that, uh, yeah. Jeff Goldblum has. Yeah. Yeah. Still running uh, Adobe premiere. Yeah. But he's able to easily hey man, hack into Windows ninety five is is working at the time. I mean, how do you get better than that? Yeah, you know it's rough. Uh, but no, you know, like some some of the uh, it is kind of dated a little bit, you yeah. know. But yeah, it's hard to it's hard to really like like Smoke said, it's hard to really knock it because I mean you, you can't really look at it from a um, you know from a twenty twenty three perspective. Because then you're just picking it apart, and this isn't really a movie that really needs to be picked apart. No, I don't think so. But all of that said, um, you know, big ratings boost for me for the um, use of miniatures, uh, which is kind of a lost art uh, these days, especially these days with uh, CGI everything. Yeah. Um, that said, this is a rewatch every single time. Um, I could, you know, I've probably seen this a handful of times. Oh yeah. Um, it's always fun, always enjoyable. Like everybody said. I'm going to go three and three quarter. So pretty close. I'm going to go with what Will and Smoke said. I'm going to say four stars. I mean, because it's, it's just a fun popcorn flick. You know, like you don't, you don't need to be the smartest person in, in the, in the room to just sit down and enjoy it for what it is, you know? And if you like this mass destruction type of flicks, which obviously we do, and that's the whole premise of the summer disaster, then, you know, th- this one is, it doesn't get much better than this. If you just want to see some shit blown up and some, some aliens invade and, you know, just some ass kicking. So, <laughs> so I think it meets all those criteria. So I'm going to go four stars, which brings us to 3.9 stars uh, here. And we'll talk about the critic aggregates and stuff here in just a second. But, but before we get into all that. Connections. Let him finish. Uh, All right, he's done now. Uh, yeah, got to let him run out. Wait, you say just let him finish. Uh, <laughs> not this movie. That was a different movie. Well, but. Just let him work it out. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, uh, cast side, uh, we've got Jeff Goldblum from The Fly. Uh, when we mm. back when we did that episode, also uh, Robert Loggia for Over the Over the Top, and uh, Randy Quaid for uh, Caddyshack Two. Um, ah. And on the crew side, we've got uh, makeup effects artist Thomas Flouts. Mm-hmm. Uh, he did Critters, Malignant, Tales from the Crypt, uh, Demon Knight, when we did that with uh, the Cinema Night podcast, um, and also Hellraiser Bloodline and Cyborg. So those wow. are the connections for past Spook Show episodes. Boy, that's all across the board, isn't it? And every time you bring up Critters, I forget that we've already done Critters. I'm like, oh, yeah, yeah, we did do that. <laughs> I mean, I know it was a while yeah. back, but I, I don't know why yeah, I keep still. forgetting about it. That leads us to you, Will. Kill. 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 
Okay, I didn't I didn't look it up on this one, so. I don't know if there's. <laughs> but here's the thing, though. This is like a, a lot of the movies here we're, we've done in the in the summer disaster. I don't think you can put a number on it, because God knows how many people died when the city, oh, yeah. you know when the cities burned. Yeah. You know, so you could say I think it's well, I think it's Houston to too. Yeah, Houston get you know if there was anyone left, they got taken out by the nuke. So I think you could easily say millions died here, right? If it's if it's anything less than a million, it's horseshit. <laughs> Eight. Eight people died. Shit. Well, okay. All right. <laughs> eight, okay. If you're saying eight, it's like eight on screen, right? <laughs> I guess. But no, no. Let, let's kind of go with that. A million or eight? <laughs> it's either eight or... <laughs> yeah, that's the number. Eight or a million. That's just splitting hairs, right? Oh, no, it's not. That's a lot. Yeah. No, no. It's no. got to be more than millions because they hit other countries. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, I'm saying at least a million. But yeah, like because most of the cities, I think, had been mostly evacuated kind of right before. But then again, I mean, like New York, right? I mean, there were people like running down the street, still getting away from it. Like yeah. Harvey Firestein. Oh, my God. <laughs> 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 See, I don't know. I, I th- I'd say it qualifies as unsure because God knows, you know, like. You know, eight on screen, but millions in your heart. That's who my official answer. My official answer is a bunch. Yeah. All right. We'll go with that. So that leads us to. Let's talk about the kill reel. I like kill. All right. So this one's a little tough because to me, there wasn't one really good death scene. You know what I mean? Like some guy got taken out and this was like, holy shit, you know, that's kind of what the highlight kill is. So like for this one, I'm going to say it's just that the alien invasion blowing up every major city in the world scene. When you see, you know, the, the Capitol building the, blown up yeah, and the empire. The State building, all, yeah. Just that when they, the coordinated strike alien strike scene, I think that's the highlight because that's the iconic moment from this movie. Like, other than, I mean, why, if there's two things you remember from this movie, it's the Independence Day speech and then that beam coming out of those ships and just fucking laying waste to everything, right? So I think that's got to be the highlight kill. So it's not an easy one, but once again, this isn't a uh, horror movie either. But, you know, since this is in the in in the uh, grand traditions that we have, we're still going to continue these. So that that's why we move on to this. <laughs> Gore score. Well, it was a. Uh, I can't. Is it PG thirteen or PG? This movie is rated. I'm pretty sure it's PG thirteen. Yes, PG thirteen. So of course, there's not going to be a vast amount of gore in here. In fact, I don't remember there being much of any actual human blood. I can't remember any scenes that have like. Now, the one that I'm thinking of that's you know gory, maybe a little bit, is the alien autopsy. When they well, the attempted yeah. alien autopsy. Yeah. When they yeah. start cutting. Then and it wakes up, and maybe right after that, when he they kind of he kind of lays waste to the scientist, and then he's got the one by his throat. Yeah, you know? he's got him by. His, there's there's definitely violence in it in those scenes, but you know he's not. It's not like an R-rated movie where you know, where he might like John Carpenter's a thing where it would rip the guy apart or something. <laughs> I guess this if falls into was, that discussion of what do you consider gore? Do you consider millions of people dying all at once around the world <laughs> through <laughs> through various explosions, gory or? Well, if we, if we saw it on the screen, it definitely would be. Yeah, true. <laughs> but you I didn't see him like blow apart. Or yeah, I mean, I try and I try and talk about the on-screen gore just to give it an yeah, actual. Because yeah. then, you know, if it was off-screen, yeah, there's a lot of 
messed up stuff happening. An entire Empire State building was leveled, and the uh, the other building in uh, California, right, was leveled yeah. or whatever. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And there might not have been anybody in the you know in some of the other buildings. I can't remember if there's staff and still left in the White House when it was blown up. Might have been some of the yeah, probably somebody. But anyway, right, yeah, it would have been devastatingly gory if all you know in, in real life all that stuff going on. But on screen, the only thing I can really think of is the alien getting dissected a little bit and and uh, him getting shot, the alien getting shot, some alien blood splatter or whatever, and a little bit of human, like I said, human violence of a uh, him choking the guy out and yeah, throwing yeah. him on. The floor. Probably just have to go with that for actual, you know, we're talking about gore. This is the gore score. So gore, I'll give it a three. I think overall the uh, critic aggregates and whatnot somewhat agree with what we said. IMDb gives it seven out of 10 stars. Metascore of 59, that's out of 100. So that's, you know, let's just go ahead and call it 60. And then over on Rotten Tomatoes, the tomato meter gets 68% and the audience score is 75%. So I think, you know, we're basically on par with what most people feel about the movie. Like, you know, it's just a fun popcorn mass destruction type flick. So if you enjoy that kind of stuff, then you'll really love the shit out of this if you haven't seen it. If not, we've spoiled it for you. But we haven't really spoiled anything because you need to see it for yourself. You know, at least those major scenes of destruction, you need to see that for yourself. So I guess that's enough for this week. The disaster has uh, calmed down for now. But it continues next week. A little bit. We're not watching another movie next week. Next week, we're going to be doing a Spook Show Spotlight episode where we're basically just going to be talking about our favorite disaster movies. I have a feeling this one might make the list. But maybe we talk about some of the ones that we haven't or are not necessarily planned for the rest of the summer disaster or that we haven't talked about. Maybe we talk about some other titles that we really love. There's tons of these type of movies, right? So... We'll take a deep dive into that. What are some of our favorites, some other ones that we recommend and all that. So we'll just have a little bit of fun with that with a shorter episode next week for episode 168. And our next movie will be the following week on July 17th, episode 169, the sequel to 28 Days Later, 28 Weeks Later from, I believe that was 2007. So uh, we'll be getting around to that. So I guess that's it. So for Will, Donnie, Professor Smoke, I'm Josh. We are the All-American Spook Show. And we'll talk to you next week for our favorite disaster flicks. So goodbye, everybody. And remember, please, for the next day or so, the terrible lesson you learned tonight.